Good morning. Our service of morning prayer begins on page three of the prayer book. Let's set a high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place, with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble, and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 95 begins on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Continuing on with Psalm 96. O sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the whole earth. Sing unto the Lord and praise his name. Be telling of his salvation from day to day. Declare his honor unto the heathen and his wonders unto all peoples. For the Lord is great and cannot worthily be praised. He is more to be feared than all gods. As for all the gods of the heathen, they are but idols. But it is the Lord that made the heavens. Glory and worship are before him. Power and honor are in his sanctuary. Ascribe unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the peoples. Ascribe unto the Lord worship and power. Ascribe unto the Lord the honor due unto his name. Bring, bring presence and come into his courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let the whole earth stand in awe of him. Tell it out among the heathen that the Lord is king, and that it is he who hath made the round world so fast that it cannot be moved, and how that he shall judge the peoples righteously. Let the heavens rejoice, and let the earth be glad. Let the sea make a noise, and all that therein is. Let the field be joyful, and all that in is in it. Then shall all the trees of the wood rejoice before the Lord. For he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth, and with righteousness to judge the world, and the peoples with his truth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. 
as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the eighth chapter of the second book of Samuel. After this, it came to pass that David attacked the Philistines and subdued them. And David took Metheg, Amma, from the hand of the Philistines. Then he defeated Moab, forcing them down to the ground. He measured them off with a line. With two lines he measured off those to be put to death, and with one full line those to be kept alive. So the Moabites became David's servants and brought tribute. David also defeated Hadadezer, the son of Rehob, king of Zobah, as he, as he went to recover his territory at the river Euphrates. David took, him, David took from him 1,000 chariots, 700 horsemen, and 20,000 foot soldiers. Also, David hamstrung all the chariot horses, except that he spared enough of them for 100 chariots. When the Syrians of Damascus came to help Hadadezer, king of Zobah, David killed 22,000 of the Syrians. Then David put garrisons in Syria of Damascus, and the Syrians became David's servants and brought tribute. So the Lord preserved David wherever he went. And David took the shields of gold that had belonged to the servants of Hadadezer and brought them to Jerusalem. Also from Betta and from Berathai, cities of Hadadezer, King David took a large amount of bronze. When Toi, king of Hamath, heard that David had defeated all the army of Hadadezer, then Toi sent Joram, his son, to King David to greet him and bless him, because he had fought against Hadadezer and defeated him, for Hadadezer had been at war with Toi. And Joram brought with him articles of silver, articles of gold, and articles of bronze. King David also dedicated these to the Lord, along with the silver and the gold that he had dedicated from all the nations which he had subdued, from Syria, from Moab, and from the people of Ammon, from the Philistines, from Amalek, and from the spoil of Hadadezer, the son of Rehob, the king of Zobah. And David made himself a name when he returned from killing 18,000 Syrians in the Valley of Salt, He also put garrisons in Edom. Throughout all Edom he put garrisons, and all the Edomites became David's servants. And the Lord preserved David wherever he went. So David reigned over all Israel, and David administered judgment and justice to all his people. Joab the son of Zariah was over the army. Jehoshaphat the son of Ahilud was recorder. Zadok the son of Ahitub and Amalek the son of Abiathar were the priests. Zariah was the scribe Beniah was the son of the son of Jehoiada was over the Cherethites and the Pelethites, and David's sons were the chief ministers. Here ends the first lesson. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 63rd verse of the 22nd chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke. Now the men who held Jesus mocked him and beat him, and having blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, saying, Prophesy, who is the one who struck you? And many other things they blasphemously spoke against him. As soon as it was day, the elders of the people, both chief priests and scribes, came together and led him into their council, saying, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you will by no means believe. And if I also ask you, you will by no means answer me or let me go. Hereafter the Son of Man will sit on the right hand of the power of God. Then they all said, Are you then the Son of God? So he said to them, You rightly say that I am. And they said, What further testimony do we need? For we have heard it ourselves from his own mouth. Then the whole multitude of them arose and led him to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ a king. Then Pilate asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered and said, It is as you say. So Pilate said to the chief priests in the crowd, I find no fault in this man. But they were the more fierce, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee to this place. When Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked if the man were a Galilean. And as soon as he knew that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod who was also in Jerusalem at that time. Now when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad, for he had desired for a long time to see him, because he had heard many things about him, and he hoped to see some miracle done by him. Then he questioned him with many words, but he answered him nothing, and the chief priests and scribes stood and vehemently accused him. Then Herod, with his men of war, treated him with contempt and mocked him, arrayed him him in a gorgeous robe, and sent him back to Pilate. That very day, Pilate and Herod became friends with each other, for previously they had been at enmity with with each other. Here ends this second lesson. Together the Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, perform the mercy promised to our forefathers, and to remember his holy covenant, perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. Give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, 
maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O God, who declarest thy almighty power chiefly in showing mercy and pity, mercifully grant unto us such a measure of thy grace, that we, running the way of thy commandments, may obtain thy gracious promises and be made partakers of thy heavenly treasure, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, Defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning. By earthly standards, the stories in the Old Testament and the New Testament have been going in very different directions in the past few weeks. But by the standards of God, the stories of David and great David's greater son are parallel. This is the fourth time this summer I've used this phrase, great David's greater son. Of course, one reason is it's because it's from a very familiar hymn. One I've sung since childhood is in 545 in our hymnal. The author, James Montgomery, an English poet and son of a Moravian minister, wrote many hymns based on Psalms. Most of this hymn is based on Psalm 92, except for the opening line. Hail to the Lord's anointed, great David's greater son. This latter phrase is a poetic adaptation of the lesson taught by Jesus in Matthew 22, Mark 12, and Luke 20. In the passage from Luke we heard eight days ago in our New Testament reading at morning prayer, Jesus asked a rhetorical question. And he said to them, How can they say that this Christ is the son of David? Now David himself said, the book of Psalms, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, David calls him Lord. How is he then his son? 
So this phrase, great David's greater son, captures what we hear every year at this time of year in the daily office readings for morning prayer. Both David and Jesus are marching towards the establishment of their respective kingdoms. This morning's Old Testament reading marks the culmination of David fulfilling his destiny. A week ago, he was anointed king of Judah, and now he's consolidating Israel's control over the entire promised land for the first time since the Israelites arrived 400 years earlier. The chapter opens with David subduing the Philistines, whom the Israelites have been trying to overcome for a century. As a boy, David has already defeated the Philistines and their champion Goliath 26 years earlier. But now David is solving that problem for the remainder of his life and his son's life. Having established his control over the entire kingdom of Israel, David's military victories will give Israel unprecedented security and establish his reputation forever among the people of Israel. But those victories and David's nearly constant obedience to the will of God is also proving once and for all to Israel's heathen neighbors how great the God of Israel is. By comparison, the arrest and impending crucifixion of Jesus of Nazareth looks like a total failure to the heathen Roman authorities, the heretical Jewish authorities, and even Jesus' own followers. We will get a sense of the despair among those followers next Friday and Saturday in what the two of the followers say on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24. Next week, in between today and Jesus appearing to his disciples, we will read through Luke's account of the greatest miracle of the Bible, Jesus' resurrection. As Christians, we are taught what this means, both in the various epistles and the second book of St. Luke, the Acts of the Apostles. While it was not obvious to his followers at the time, together the New Testament teaches us that Jesus is the fulfillment of the promises God made to Abraham, Moses, and David. Still, how Jesus wins that victory through death on the cross remains paradoxical, if not scandalous, to an increasingly unbelieving world. As Christians, we need to not only remember this great sacrifice and miraculous resurrection, but also remember that, as the first chapter of John's Gospel reminds us, this is why Jesus became man in the first place. This idea is captured by a wonderful learn word I learned at the seminary. Since I did not take philosophy or religion classes as an undergraduate, I wait I had to wait for my, until my 60s to learn the Greek word telos. Wikipedia says telos is a term used by the philosopher Aristotle to return the, refer to the final cause of a natural organ or entity or of human art. Telos is the root of the modern term teleology, the study of purposeness of objects with a view to their aims, purposes, or intentions. Because it is a Greek word from the fourth century BC, its use in the scripture is limited to the New Testament, originally written and distributed in Greek. One of my Bible dictionaries explains the meaning of how it's used in the New Testament. The end, the final end of anything, continually as in Luke 18.5, the result, the culmination, as in 1 Peter 1.9, and the fulfillment as in Luke 22.37. That latter reference, Fulfillment or culmination in Luke 22 is what Jesus himself said in the reading we skipped Thursday for St. Bartholomew's Day. Just before Jesus prays in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus tells his disciples, 
for the things concerning me have an end. And here the word end is in Greek, telos. While the New Testament focusing on God-made man is the greatest story ever told, there are many fallible supporting characters scattered throughout that story. They also have a telos, even if it took them years or a lifetime to discover what it was. Since God can count the hairs on our head, we know that each of us was also put on this world for some purpose. Our journey in life and in our faith is to discover that purpose and to live out the remainder of our lives towards the culmination and fulfillment that God has intended for us from the very beginning. We now return to page 18 of the Book of Common Prayer. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldst be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold a faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed, mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Almighty God, together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we thine unworthy servants do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Direct us, O Lord, in all our desires with thy most gracious favor, and further us with thy continual help, that in all our works, begun, continued, and ended in thee, we may glorify thy holy name, and finally, by thy mercy, obtain everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to Britt and Carl for making this morning's worship possible. 
Thank you, Joel. Have a good Saturday. Bye, everyone.